Suds, it's Friday, Black Friday. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Why are we inside doing this? This is the first ever podcast episode for us on Black Friday. Because they were talking about the Dolphins and the Jets. Yeah. First ever NFL game on Black Friday. <laughs> okay, well, this is the first ever podcast episode on Black Friday for us. Yep, it is. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. How about you? It's okay. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. It's fine. You know, you eat too much, you, you sit around too much, and by the end of the day, you're like, you know, if you're watching football, it's 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock, and it feels like it's midnight. And then you forget what day it is because it doesn't feel like it. Fe- Thanksgiving felt like to me a Sunday because I was watching football. Yeah, that's, and then so yeah. today's a Friday, but if I, I don't know what it feels like, I yeah. was saying that last time. I just don't know what day it is. You know, I always make big deal about Black Friday, but I don't do any of the Black Friday stuff. It never affect, affects me, <clears throat> and I never go out where it will affect me. I just stay inside and go on with my life. I once went out uh, to Best Buy on a Thanksgiving night and stood in line. And I remember this was before things really got into the whole online thing. So it's about 15 years ago, maybe mm-hmm. 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember showing up with my son and, oh, it doesn't look too bad. <laughs> and then we, the guy's like, no, the line's back there. And it was like wrapped around the entire <laughs> store like three times. And we were standing out there. But it was fun. We kind of rushed through, knew what we were going to get, and got through. And somehow we ended up with a a good deal. They kind of, I think they took too much off one of the prices. But we just assumed it was a Black Friday discount or a yeah. Thanksgiving night discount. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. I, I really am not into the whole... And we've seen that, right, where people rushing the doors and there's fights and people fighting over a TV and all this. And you always hear about... Somebody actually dying at a store that gets trampled on. <laughs> I'm or has sorry, a I don't mean attack. to laugh, but it's, it's every year. Every year. You know what I what I read recently though is there are some economists that think that the whole Black Friday phenomenon is going to go away sometime within the next decade. Well, I don't go shopping. I just do everything online. That's kind of what they're saying too. But they said that Black Friday could exist online. Uh, it does. Yeah, it's but, called Cyber Monday too. Yeah. But uh, they said people aren't, uh, they're, they're not quite sucked into the big deals anymore. And they said, basically, the real good Black Friday deals started about two weeks ago. Yeah, they've spread it out like Halloween. Yeah. Once you hit November, it's the holiday season. It's a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a sprint, I guess, early on. But, you know, and then they always say, if you wait wait longer as you get closer to Christmas, the prices even come down. So what you think you're getting a good deal on November 25th, is even a better deal on like December twenty third if yeah. it's still available. Yeah, yeah, you have to put a lot of faith in uh, something's going to be there. Yeah. So well, anyway, so scoop, I got a question for right. you. Let's hear it. I'm going to read you some names. Annette Kellerman. Nope. Don't know her. Uh, how about William Haynes? Uh, wait a minute. Yeah. That's Jesse Haynes. I was saying he was a Hall of Famer, but no. No. Florence Lawrence. (laughs) That's made up. No. Maurice Costello. No. Okay. So 100 years ago, or maybe 110, give or take a year or two, these were very famous people. 
in show business. Really? They were big stars of the silent movie era. Okay. And they've been all but forgotten. Yeah. The reason I brought that up, it started getting in my head a few weeks ago when you talked about the right to be forgotten. And it made me think about some rather morose things about us being forgotten, you know, down the road. Yeah. You know, so look, these people were big deals 100 years ago. Nobody knows them. And maybe Abraham Lincoln is still, you know, well-known, or maybe, you know, John F. Kennedy still talked about. But us guys, 100 years from now, we'll just, we'll be in nobody's memory. Yeah, but don't you think that's the way it's supposed to be? It is. It is. It was just, it was just getting, it's very philosophical and very deep, deep uh, thinking, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, the reason I thought of that when you brought it, the right to be forgotten, which has nothing to do with this, but yeah. then I came across, you know, I, I like to go through these, you know, chat rooms. They're not chat rooms, but, you know, on Reddit, and they always talk about, you know, different things. And someone brought up something about most of us will be forgotten. And the person wrote, unless humans find a way to live forever, 110 years from now, no one alive now will still be living or remembered, except for the famous people. Most normal people will be long forgotten with no trace or record that they ever existed, except maybe a digital obituary on the internet or a gravestone. Most likely, all of your family, friends, neighbors, boss, and colleagues will all be forgotten. There forgotten. you go. Isn't that a great way to yeah, start it's... kick off the holiday season? I've already forgotten some We're of those insignificant. People. What? I said, I've already forgotten some of those people. I'm just, I'm old. Florence Lawrence. I won't forget that one. Yeah. But do you want to know about Florence Lawrence, or you don't care? No, I, I do care. What, what about her? <laughs> Florence Lawrence may be little recognized today, but historians know her as the first movie star. In the early days of cinema, on-screen talent went unbilled, as producers feared that an actor's name on the marquee would lead to fame. Anyway, she was a celebrity. She was a Canadian-American girl with a dimpled chin, was celebrated the world over as simply the Biograph Girl, after the name of the studio that released her movies. Yeah. So anyway, that's her. Florence was she, Lawrence. Was that in Chicago? I don't know. No, well, no, no. I think the name of the company was the Biograph Studio, but I don't know if that was in Chicago. Are you thinking about Dillinger? No, no. I'm just... Wasn't he killed at the Biograph? Yeah, the Biograph. Yeah, but I don't... Which, Hollywood was secondary to... Early movies. The original place that people made movies was Chicago. Mm. So then, after a while, they moved from Chicago to Hollywood. So I just wondered if that was where she was at. Where was Dillinger killed at the biograph? Which biograph? I'm not sure what street it's on, but there's an alley on the what side. What city? Chicago. Oh, okay. Because yeah. when I was in Washington, D.C., you know, 40 years ago, I saw a movie at the biograph theater there, and someone oh. said, You know, Dillinger was killed here. And I. <laughs> I said, really? I knew. I heard about the biograph. This is the place, but I guess, no, it wasn't. No, it was Chicago. Okay. Well. Well, there's a guy that's going to be remembered for a while. Not really. Yeah. A little bit. Notorious. You know, I I heard that Don Don Dillinger, John Dillinger, there was a, I can't remember. He was going through the Midwest and through little towns, and that that became a highlight for some people that Don Don Dillinger. John Dillinger almost was came through our town, or and it was like the talk of the town. I yeah. guess everyone, you know, even infamous people get popular, yeah, popularized. Are, there are a lot of towns in the Midwest, and I know of some in Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, where John Dillinger supposedly hid out from the law. 
you would think that this guy was hiding out from the law, you know, for like 60 years, but uh, basically it was just a few years and because they don't have, they don't have a long lifespan. Once they're on the run, you know, we, we read about them or see them in movies as, you know, it, it took them months for the cops to catch up or years. And it was actually a matter of, well, maybe a month or two. So here's some, here's some more things for you. Have you ever heard of Gemini Man? Or who's watching the kids? Gemini Man sounds really familiar. What's that about? I don't know. I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> I'll tell you in a second. But uh, one more. How about Arnie? I that's familiar too. I don't know what. Why. Here's one that'll be familiar for you, okay. and this will this will kind of close out this category. With it, Logan's Run. Oh, that was a movie. Oh, and Logan's a TV Run was show. a great movie and a TV show. Yeah. I came across forgotten TV shows of the 1970s, and one of them was Gemini Man from 1976. See, I remember. Give me. Give a me man the has a watch that makes him invisible when pressed. However, he can only remain invisible for 15 minutes. You see, Apple's got to get on that because I we could use that. Ben Murphy. I I don't know any of these people in it um, that would be familiar, but it was. Um, it was a TV show in the late 70s, and um, I never heard of it. But I've heard of Logan's Run. Oh, yeah. But Gemini Man was on for 1976. That was it. Um, and then Who's Watching the Kids was a 1978 sitcom. Angie and Stacy are two showgirls in Las Vegas. Their two younger siblings, Frankie and Melissa, live with them and are frequently watched by Larry, a neighbor. And... Uh, that starred people we don't know. But Scott Bayo was in it. Hmm. And also um, Jim Belushi. Really? Yes. Oh, well. But anyway, those shows are forgotten. Yeah. 80 shows are forgotten. Things get forgotten. We will be forgotten. It's okay. It's, you know, if, if, could you imagine if everybody in the world had to be remembered? We'd, we would, we couldn't exist We'd be constantly uh, overwhelmed with a, a mind full of people we didn't know. Yeah. So it's got to go. It's got to happen that way. Okay. So make it work. Make it work last. No, make make the most of it. Yeah. But someone did point out in that Reddit room I was reading about these being forgotten. Because maybe that's the motivation of like bad people and serial killers. Yeah, there's something to that. They want to be remembered. Yeah, some of those crazy people that go into the supermarkets and go into the schools and shoot them up, they they want to they want to be somebody. That's their big thing. And they're actually nobody when that happens. That's true. And, and you know, I, I think about kids that I was friends with when I was a little kid mm-hmm. in grade school. Probably no one's remembered them, but I do. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like Tyrone Pitts stapled his tongue together in <laughs> third grade. Oh, no! What? He stuck his stapler and he sta- stapled it to his lower lip. Um, yeah. Okay, I got to know, did he scream when he did that? I think, I don't remember. Because if he didn't, that's one of the guys that's going to end up shooting people and being, because there's no way somebody's going to do that without (laughs) screaming. Well, we all had a good laugh about it. I'll bet you did. We were, what, nine years old? And then, um, I shouldn't say the names because they could be alive. Uh, They might. They could be famous. Or infamous. This one guy who was Canadian, I remember this in fourth grade, his name was Michael Sofer. He was from Toronto. So when he ran, he ran to simulate he was like skating, like as a hockey player. So he'd run all kind of like he was skating. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. He, he used to talk hockey nonstop. All the time. 
I I remember some people that I went to elementary school with, and some of the people that I remember, and this is not to be uh, looked at as though I'm, I'm making fun of anybody, but some of the people that stand out had certain afflictions. I, I went, there was a girl that I was in elementary school with, and I'm talking sixth grade and then into the seventh grade, which is not elementary school where I'm from. She, she sucked her thumb. And that was, to me, that was just very odd. There was another kid that just would get so angry, he would fly off the handle and uh, anything would set him off and he would start slobbering. And he'd have to be consoled by a teacher or an administrator to calm him down. He got that worked up that he would just start salivating. And it scared kids. I remember another kid that uh, would, and I can't explain what it exactly was, he would start talking when he was supposed to when he was supposed to read before the class he would start talking and reading and reading and reading and then the words weren't what was on the page but he thought that it was because he just got into this and i think now i think kids today would be diagnosed with certain things and that stuff could have been that that could have been turned around it could have been cured maybe i don't know maybe if i was a student i could have been cured <laughs> I think I, I had severe ADHD, or not hyper, but I was very distracted. And uh, a lot of times I'd be in, especially in middle school and high school, I'd be there, you know, in class writing. I used to have this game with my friend, and we would sh- write um, on a sheet of paper. I put, "Is this realistic?" And I'd make up statistics of a imaginary baseball player or football player and send him the statistics. And he'd have to write back and say if it was realistic or not, and if they should qualify for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> And then when someone said to me, once this girl looked at me, she goes, what are you doing? And I said, um, she goes, what are you, you're making up numbers. You're writing imaginary numbers. And then she told on me. It was very embarrassing. That is your first experience with a Karen, I, I imagine, at age six. No, my first experience with a Karen was named Wendy in third grade when I was nine years old. I got, you going to share that? N- not really. I okay. lost a gold star at lunch, and I got in trouble, even though it had nothing to do with her, and I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just chatting with my friend Howard. And I said, you know, there's a, I went to a soccer game the other night, and it was Harvard against Howard, a college. Howard is a historically black university oh, yeah, in yeah. Washington, D.C., but it had nothing to do with that. I said, Howard, your name is Howard, and the school is named Howard. We had a laugh, and she thought I was making fun of Howard, so I got in trouble. That's a Karen. That sounds like something would happen today, not back then. That's a Karen. Okay. She was ahead of her time. It was. She was. I will not say her last name. Good. Just in case. She's not, you know what? She's not forgotten. She's one of those people that aren't worth remembering. So we're going to forget about her way before her time. Maybe. I am. Here, before we close the book on being forgotten, here's something. Right. I think it's in the book of Ecclesiastes I came across this. No one remembers the former generations. And even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. See, I told you it's in the it's in the good book. You know, it's all, it was meant to be. So, yeah, I guess what you so. really need to do is make the most of your time, like you said here, do good things that people will remember you for, and that's it. Um, do you remember having cable TV? Oh yeah, yeah. You liked it? All that? No. Well, you didn't like cable. No. Um, you know, my dad. 
but it was like 1973, I remember. That well. was early. He must have been living in a big city or something. Well, not too big, but it was 73. And in my, there was this whole thing going around about Cablevision. We're going to get all hooked up to Cablevision. And my dad goes, well, what's that about? And my, it was my sister's boyfriend talking about it. He goes, well, they come in and they put a wire in the back of your TV and you can get channels from all over. And my dad goes, well, that sounds really good. And he goes, well, that's going to be about 5 to $7. My dad goes, there's no way I'm paying money to watch TV. That's never going to happen. And it was probably two years after that we would start watching. I used to watch a lot of hockey, uh, Detroit Red Wing hockey. Mm-hmm. And they had a channel called WKBD. And I would tune in WKBD all the time and watch the, the Red Wings. And they had a whole lot of other great programs. And I just remember, wow, this is so much better than – the three channels that we could get. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got it Labor Day weekend, 1980. What? That's way later than... Yeah, I know. But Labor Day weekend, we finally... I finally persuaded my dad to agree. And um, I don't think I slept for 48 hours. I was up <laughs> watching TV. We had a little cable box about eight inches, like an eight-inch rectangle. And it had like a little slide. And you could slide the channels two, three, four, five, up to 40 or something. So you just move the little button to the next thing, and you could watch. And we had we had about 30 channels. We had the local channels. But then we had, remember, ESPN didn't come on until later that afternoon. I and remember they had those the schedule. Days. It would be like ping pong and um, North American League soccer and then maybe like darts or um, Australian rules football, which became really popular back then. Anyway, um, I was so engrossed and amazed. Oh, my gosh. Look, we have the UPI channel where they showed black and white images and a voice would report the news. And then you'd slide to the next thing. We did have HBO. Um, and there was a few other channels, like CNN and things like that. But I just could not believe it. It was like unbelievable that you could have so many channels. I felt so rich. <laughs> It's like it felt really wealthy. Um, The statistic is 8% of households in America had cable in 1970. Wow. But by 1980, it was 23%. So there still wasn't that many. No. But it was really, really took off in the uh, early to mid-80s. That's when, you know, TBS and WGN used to get the Cubs games, the Braves games. Oh, yeah. Those were the teams. You followed the Mets, W-O-R. WGN. I watched many a Cub game in the middle of the afternoon on a summer day when I should have been outside playing. It was too hot. Let's go watch the Cubs. Yeah. Harry Carey. Harry Carey made it. Steve Stone and Harry Carey. Well, Harry, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One time my dad was snoring, and Jody Davis was on first base. Uh, the Cubs catcher, and there was a pickoff attempt. And Harry Carey goes, look out, Jody! <laughs> and it woke, it woke my dad up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, oh, my friends so and I used to have a game where we would challenge each other, see if we could know all the n- names of the stations on the cable box, like for each channel number and what they corresponded to. The cable that's challenge. That's weird. I know, but that's what we did. That's okay. what you did when there was no internet. <laughs> And not all this technology and social media. We had to still make time. And then my dad thought HBO was not worth it for whatever it was per yeah. month. And he used to threaten, We're gonna, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of it. And he kept saying that for years. <laughs> but I, I was exposed to some great movies. Oh, yeah. Like If You Could See What I Hear. Oh, 
about Mark, Mark Sullivan. Singer. Oh yeah, Mark Mar- Sullivan. Mar- Mark Singer was it Mark? No, Mark Singer played the part. Yeah, I think. Mark yeah. Sullivan, and then uh, the true story about Tom Sullivan. That's right, it. that's he what was it the is. Blind singer. Was, I went to the theater and saw it. That was a good movie. Yeah, that was good. And they should show the same movies like twenty times a week. Yeah, and you'd always pick it up. And this, ah, I missed it because you couldn't just bring it up on demand. You had to like wait till the next time it aired to catch yeah. the beginning or something. Victory. You ever see that one? Oh yeah, with, St- with Pele and Sylvester yeah. Stallone and Michael Caine. Yeah, about the. Uh, no prisoner of war, yeah. uh, prisoners of war, and they played soccer against the German team or yeah. something, and then they escaped yeah, when the you... crowd rushed. <laughs> that was great. Those yeah, were great days. Those were good. You, you know, you when I thought when you were talking about it, thinking back to HBO when we first got HBO, that blew my mind because these are things that you go to a theater to watch, and I was having them in my living room, and there would be movies, and that, that really opened my eyes. There were movies on there that I would never pay to go see, and I didn't even know existed. And you'd watch them, and you would just, I would, just, wow, the world's much bigger than the little uh, tiny community that I have right here in my, my own neighborhood. So it, it kind of opened up my eyes a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then once the Weather Channel came along, I was, I was really into what it. Is, I got another, <laughs> another guy who was like, oh, I want the weather. I watch it all day long. Go, Stick your hat out the window. You got the, It's why? not just that. They... If you if you're a weather fan, weather channel fan aficionado, weather? not so much of the weather, but of the channel, and they played great music during the local on the eight or the local forecast. It wasn't called local on the eights then, and I have interesting memories of that time. And now it's just garbage. What's different about it? It's <laughs> well, still well, because the they same weather. The locals on they only play the same type of music. It's just they have all these shows now. It used to be weather. They talk about weather and it was interesting. Now it's become like infotainment and they have like when killer tornadoes strike, oh, killer volcanoes strike, yeah. killer hurricanes and you know, a race against time, a race against death and they make it all like into dateline but for weather and it's just like okay, enough. Okay, it became you know, over sensationalized. And I see that and I always go do why is there volcanoes and earthquakes on the Weather Channel? Are those things considered weather? Apparently. They're disaster. I don't know if I don't know if they could call them weather related. It was an earthquake today with this weather related issue. No, it's well. What happened also for me with my Weather Channel love affair was the internet because then you could just go and see the weather forecast and you could go beyond that channel. So for me, the prime Weather Channel was like eighty two. To like the mid '90s, and then after that, or hmm. the late '90s, it was uh, it was done for me. Well, for me, <laughs> it was uh, the Cartoon Network, and I was an adult. I mean, I was a twenty-something adult, and I could watch some of the cartoons that existed when I was a kid. All the Looney Tunes stuff that you can't see anymore because it's violent or whatever. And there was, I remember one episode that had all these movie stars in it. There was Peter Lorre. Uh, Lucille Ball and all these. Oh ki- yeah, and I you go seeing that today. If a kid watched that, they would go, "Who are these people? And why are they in my car?" One was Cary Grant was a very scary looking guy on this cartoon. I, I didn't know who he was. Well, he, you know, and they also in the Flintstones had a Cary Grant. It was Cary Granite. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Cary Grant. It was a uh, Clark. Clark Gable. Clark. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. See, I get them all confused. They were mm. kind of before my time, but. Well, there was a. Did you ever see this c- cartoon? You talk about cartoons. It was like from the 1940s um, called Shorten and Bread. Is that one of the band commercial uh, band cartoons? Because they've got a bunch that are it was about, very racist. It was about all these. It was, I guess you would consider it kind of racist, but also kind of um, 
scary to look at, but it was like these things in the bakery would all start moving around, like the cookies and the cakes and oh, yeah. all this stuff, and they'd sing about uh, shortening bread and yeah. all that stuff. But that was, I remember that cartoon. That was, I guess there was nothing politically correct about a lot of those cartoons yeah. from the early, even into the 70s. You just watched it and you didn't think about it. And I'm, I'm not going to, you know, you could say, well, you know, and you could say All in the Family wouldn't make it today. Because people would be too sensitive or too upset. But Archie Bunker served a purpose. Mm. I mean, he was a bigot. Right? Was he bad? Was he evil? He was just ignorant. Yeah, that's what, you know, but we Norman Lear at- just put that out there. Go, hey, look, this is kind of a mirror of a lot of our society. And if you're offended by it, there's probably a reason why. But Norman Lear was used that as for a reason mm-hmm. to point out. And it gave us a lot of awareness. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, with uh, Rob Reiner, who's, you know, and his kind of take on things at the time when Vietnam was still going on. And yeah. he was a young college dropout or a student and, you know, very liberal. And Archie was very stuck in the mud and stuck in his ways. Yeah. And it was interesting to see how they could sometimes get along. And it showed you that you could, despite your differences, even like across the street, the Jeffersons. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, he's uh, still alive. Who is? Norman Lear. Oh, yes, yes. And, and you know who just uh, turned uh, 98, I think, a few months ago? He's still alive. Marv Levy, who was coach, the coach? of the Bills, took yeah. him to the four Super Bowls. He's still going. Good for him. And he used to coach the Chiefs. Yep. In the 70s. Hmm. Anyway, I'll t- you know, I'm mired in nostalgia. I think that would be my autobiography. Mired in nostalgia. Yeah, but you know what? I think everybody that gets to, well, I'm going to say our age, I'm older than you, but gets to our age, we start thinking that way because those were important things. And like you said at the very beginning, a lot of it's forgotten. And the only person that's going to remember it is you. And as Larry King, remember him? Yeah. As he would say when someone would ask him a question that had nothing to do with nothing, he'd say, why do you care? Why do you care? <laughs> he said, Larry, do you paint your bald spot? There's a there's a bit on YouTube about Larry King painting his bald stuff bald spot and he's like no I don't that's my hair my hair grows as you paint your bald spot he goes oh you you're sick and he hangs up on the guy <laughs> but then um, at the end he's like okay but why do you care why do you care <laughs> yeah I have some good Larry King stories but he was like an idol of mine back in the seventies you told me that and I've never understood that. This is the first time I ever called a, a radio talk show. Think of that, an 11-year-old kid calling a radio talk show <laughs> to talk to Larry King about sports. And he was pretty short right. with me because he figured I was some little idiot kid. Yeah. Hey, Larry, who's the best wide receiver quarterback <laughs> duo in the in the league? And then he hang up. What, what does Pete Rosell do as commissioner of the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> He's the commissioner. He legislates or whatever. Okay, he hung up on me. So Yeah. Did you ever call any celebrities when you were a kid? No. You no well, where I grew up, there were no celebrities around. You grew up down in Miami? Something like that? Yeah, but Larry Larry King was just a local guy down there. I mean, I didn't only later on did I realize that he knew, you know, he's good friends with Jackie Gleason and Sinatra. And when Miami was a pretty happening scene in the nineteen sixties, that was before, you know, I was even aware of anything. Yeah. And then he got arrested. I think he was trying to pass off some bad checks. And if you look online, you can see his mugshot. 
um, <laughs> on there. That's and, really funny. I know. And, and then be... he was on the radio, yeah. and he did. Uh, he had his talk show, but then he had that famous talk show, the overnight show on yeah. Mutual, that he went to in 1978 or 79. And in the first few months of the show, were in Miami. Yeah. Before he moved to Washington, or technically Arlington, Virginia. But uh, and then I remember as a kid, I used to come home. After we got out of middle school, we had to get out of school early because our school building, the physical building, hosted two different middle schools during the day while a building, a school building was being built. So it was supposed to be for the first month of the school year. So I went to the middle school there. So we went there from 7 till noon. Then the other kids would come 1230 to 530, but that was only supposed to be for a month until the other school was built. Then there were delays and everything, so it lasted almost the entire school year. So I used to get out of school at noon and walk home, and I'd catch Larry King at like 12.15 on the uh, local news, the 12 o'clock news, doing the sports. And then I would start watching Ryan's Hope, All My Children, One Life to Live in General Hospital. I was hooked. I guess so. (laughs) So. I never watched soap operas. I was... You and I, I mean, uh, our interests now are very... Very parallel, but we were way totally different as kids. Yeah, yeah, I know. I watched way too much TV, but that, I think that was my way to somehow cope with things mm-hmm. and anxiety or stress. Yeah, um, I like to watch football from the seventies, like This Week in Pro Football with Tom Brookshire and Pat Summerall, where they have that NFL films music. Oh yeah, that music. I used to record the music on my little tape recorder off the TV and just listen. So the music to me is very meaningful. Yeah. So I'm very moved by certain um, pieces of music there. But anyway, yeah. it's not the same now. It's all glitzy and there's no more innocence. You know, everything is a highly polished television production. Yeah. And we don't have that anymore. I mean, we don't have those kind of like the muddy football games and yeah. the announcers doing it by the seat of their pants. Let's see what happens. And it's kind of crazy and everything. Yeah. Now everything is all... S- choreographed and staged and and antiseptic that's my take that's my I, hot I, take i have to agree i have to agree yeah it's it's not like it used to be it was a lot more exciting back then especially when they were playing in the winter oh and yeah you, they that was be, what football was yeah even when you know we grew up in florida even if it was cold we wanted I remember one time my friend and i we played one-on-one tackle football oh yeah outside on his front lawn because it was like 38 degrees and we couldn't believe it and, of course, we did it at, like, 7 in the morning and woke his parents up, and his dad was yelling at us through the window. <laughs> we did we love stuff like that. Very similar. A buddy of mine had a long backyard. It was, his backyard was longer in width than it was depth. So that was a football field. So it had snowed. We had about five inches of snow. So we made an end zone, and we put, you know, we got in there and, like, scuffed our feet and, like, made lions in one side of the field mm-hmm. and then the other side of the field the other one was bears so we would play two-on-two football in the in the snow and you know make these diving catches in the snow in the end zone with the with the big lions and bears on it i remember that we were doing it in the dark because you know it got dark so early it was in the nighttime i once got a, a set of shoulder pads as a present christmas present or whatever yeah. and i used to we had a back patio slab of green concrete I'd take chalk and make, it was only like 15 feet long, yeah. but I'd make yard lines. Then I'd take the hose and I'd hose it down. And then I'd throw myself onto the <laughs> wet concrete <laughs> with the shoulder pads. You were crazy. 
Yeah. You're a crazy man. I know. But that was the days. Yeah. That was fun. All right. Well, did we accomplish, as you would say, did we accomplish anything today? We're going to be remembered at least for the rest of the week. Maybe. That's Maybe in our, mi- in our minds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people listen. But if you do like it and you do listen, let, let other people know. Please. Yeah. We're trying to get to 10 listens per week. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, Scoop. Well, let the holiday season begin in earnest. It's off and we're all running. All right. Till next time. Later. We'll see you. Bye.